the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Mandy Rob for AM860. The answer. Five, four, three, two, one, fire. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD, and we're firing nuclear weapons here this morning. Uh, I know that people are concerned about this. I, I guess people are concerned, Joe. I don't know. By the way, Joe's with me this morning. Hey, Joe, how you doing, buddy? Good morning, Doc. Good to be here with you. I'm glad to have you. You're a handsome, bright, articulate young man. Well, I'll say that your vision is about perfect. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Are people worried about a nuclear exchange? I mean, we talk about it in the lunchroom. The doctors do, but but I mean, that's that's what doctors do. They talk about diseases and crises and things like that. Is the public talking about that, Joe? Have you heard? Well, I suppose uh, it depends on who you define as the public. I mean, there's there's concerns about, you know, all all imaginable things that can, you know, fall out from all of this. But just kind of, you know, proceeding through life and, and interacting with people on a regular basis, it doesn't seem like it's a huge concern. In particular, if you were to, if you were to compare it to, say, um, you know, back during, like, the Cuban Missile Crisis days or the days when they were doing training drills, you know, to hide under your desk and so forth because the Soviets could launch a new... It doesn't seem like there's anything like that going on. It doesn't seem like there's any kind of real major concern like that. But maybe peripherally... Um, I'm sure people are conscious of it that are paying attention to this, but then that's really a better question is how many people are actually paying attention to this? Yeah, I don't know, but it, 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 it doesn't hurt to quickly go over, uh, how to protect yourself in a nuclear blast. Of course, get down, get low and, uh, try not to get covered with any fallout dust. And if you do wash it off right away with soap and water. And, of course, don't touch your, your eyes or your nose or your mouth because you don't want to swallow it either. A lot of the people that died in World War II and in, in, in Japan, uh, a lot of them could have been saved if, if they had known what to do and had our modern technology. Uh, and, of course, there's, there's plenty of uh, ways to protect yourself from the fallout after the blast. You know, a half an inch of lead is, is fairly protective, cuts down on the amount of radiation by 50%. And every every distance you move away from the center of the radiation uh, dramatically decreases its effect because the, the the rays they don't go that far. A lot of the radiation too, uh, Joe, is is alpha and beta particles. And if you have on clothes, it'll block those because those are electrons and and uh, helium, which is the second heaviest or the second lightest element, uh, helium nucleus uh, come out and and they won't penetrate even a, a jacket or a shirt. And so there's a lot of protection and it takes about three weeks, four weeks for the radioactivity levels to fall low enough to be safe to go out. And here in, in St. Petersburg, most of the homes are block. So if you stay inside your house, you know, uh, you got concrete there, you'll be safe to stay away from the windows. But, uh, you know, it's, it is a frightening thing to think about. And it's a frightening time. I guess more, 
more serious for the for the Ukrainians, and especially in Maripol, is the use of chemical weapons by the Russians. And the Maripol is, if you look at the map, and I've got the map up behind me. Let me get out of the way so people can see it. The Black Sea is surrounded by Turkey, Georgia, Russia, Ukraine, uh, Romania, Bulgaria. And this is that little sea that was formed thousands of years ago, I think after some kind of volcanic event. And it's black, and it, I don't think there's much life in there. But there's a little branch of it up to the northeast called the Sea of Azov, which is the southern border of, of Ukraine. And that's where Maripol is in there. The problem that that people are having in Maripol is that they're fairly isolated from the rest of the of the main army of the Ukraine, but they have the Azov, A-Z-O-V Regiment Brigade, which was a paramilitary group that was then swept into the Ukrainian army a few years ago, and they were a right-wing group, and uh, their leader is a self-proclaimed uh, nationalist and I, I've heard that he says he's he's a white supremacist, but um, I can't find anything in writing from him that says that. So he's uh, he's actually the the offspring of some old Cossacks, and the, you, you probably don't know who those are, Joe. But the Cossacks were the those were the white Russians. Those were the loyalists to the emperor, or to the Tsar rather, not the emperor. And so the red Russians were the Bolsheviks, you know, Stalin and Lenin and Khrushchev and those guys, and during their civil war in the, in the 1918, 19, 19, 19, 20 era, uh, the, the Cossacks were the ones who fought back against the, the communists. And lost. And lost. Well, you got to remember now, this is a huge area. I mean, oh, right. know, losing means that you don't have control of the government, but uh, obviously these groups are still around and, and still... Uh, active, still forming militias. So at any rate, these are fairly well-trained groups now, especially this Azov Brigade. And they even have a symbol that looks a little bit bit like a swastika, but it's not. It's it's an ancient uh, hook that hunters would use to trap wolves. They'd put this hook inside a hunk of meat, hang it up on a tree, and the wolf would jump up and, and grab it and bite it and impale themselves, and uh, and then they, they'd have the wolf, they'd kill the wolf, and the wolf wouldn't eat their, their livestock anymore. So they use that, and it's also an old rune, an old uh, Teutonic rune that has some mystical meanings. And so they're, they're kind of into this uh, throwback to, to the old days when, when the Teutons were in control in that area, and, uh, you know, it goes back thousands of years. So, so there's... And this is what Putin's talking about when he says there's fascists and taking over the Ukraine and we have to stop it. And, of course, you say fascism in Russia, and that, that's a that's a major trigger. That's a major button to push to get people mobilized because the memory of the invasion of Russia by the Nazis in the 1940s is still in their collective memory. And they've kept it alive. You know, they celebrate the the big days when they defeated the uh, defeated the Germans. Now, we don't really do that much anymore. I mean, we have D-Day and, and uh, Pearl Harbor Day, but not many people really uh, take notice anymore. It's, it's kind of fading out of our memory, but not the Russians. 
So they're going after the Ukrainians, and especially they want to get these guys in Maripol, which is the city on the Sea of Azov, which is at the very southern uh, border of the Ukraine, close to the Crimean Peninsula. And uh, this area is pretty small. The Black Sea is not very big. So you get to the Black Sea by going through the Aegean Sea, which is next to Greece and Turkey. And then you go through the uh, Sea of Marmara and then through the Dardanelles Straits. And then you're in the Black Sea. And Istanbul, the capital of Turkey, former Constantinople, is right there on the Dardanelles Straits. So this is, a, this is a hot button area. Now, Putin's talking about possibly using chemical weapons, and they've got plenty. They've got plenty, believe me. I think we still have a few stockpiled, but uh, the chemical treaties, uh, the banning of the chemical weapons and warfare that was signed even by Russia, uh, supposedly is had an addendum to it that you would destroy your weapons over a period of time. And, and we even built special plants on atolls out in the Pacific to to uh, incinerate these these uh, chemical weapons because, you know, some of them are pretty toxic. Uh, some of them will kill you. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But the Russians, of course, say they will do something and they don't. Uh, they're also using this, this new hypersonic, so they say, this hypersonic missile. You know about those, Joe? I illuminate for me. The hypersonic missiles are like cruise missiles, but they're... Uh, they're, instead of going 2,500 miles an hour, they go 3,500 miles an hour, which makes them harder to detect by conventional radar and harder to use anti-missile missiles on because our anti-missile missiles aren't as fast as those. So they are conventional weapons, you know, two, 3,000 pound warheads that are going at 3,500 miles an hour, like a cruise missile close to the ground, hard to detect, more easily maneuverable than a rocket ship. And so you can deliver uh, more deadly force with less detection and uh, less uh, defensive countermeasures. So they say they've used one in the war so far. I don't know. We know that China has these weapons, and we know that Russia has developed these weapons. We are supposedly developing these weapons, which means we probably already have them, and we just haven't told anybody, you know, we, you know the... the the stealth fighters and the stealth bombers, they were developed a decade before the public even knew they existed. So we don't like to tip our hand, which is, you know, that's good poker. You don't want anybody to know what you got. So at any rate, I don't know if we have them or not, but the, the big thing is countermeasures. Now we need a better uh, radar system. And uh, one of the retiring generals or admirals a couple of years ago had suggested that we have a space-based radar system. I think that Elon Musk is going to beat us all to that with his, his, uh, his satellites that he's putting up for cellular phones and communications. And, you know, a lot of that can be, uh, it can be tweaked to use to detect uh, disturbances in electromagnetic fields. That's what, uh, the, uh, the Serbians did during the, the, uh, Balkan War back in the 90s when they shot down one of our F-110s, which were not supposed to be uh, seen or, or uh, identified by their radar. And it wasn't their radar. You know how they did it, Joe? They had cell towers, and uh, they triangulated, and they tracked the disturbance in the cell phone tower uh, waves 
and they figured it out. And so then they, they fired and they hit it. <laughs> they shot down an F-110, you know, our, our funky looking uh, bombers that are stealthy that don't fly very fast, by the way. But uh, so things can be done, but we're just not going to share all of that with the world. And uh, but we do need to be prepared because we don't know how far this is going to go. I mean, I I know a lot of people are not worried and they don't think it's going to go very far. But uh, I I see this uh, becoming a, a world war. I hope not. I hope not. The Europeans are notorious for pulling everybody into their conflicts. And uh, that's the way they've been rolling for millennia. Uh, they they like to fight each other, still travel. You know, the Teutons and the Slovaks are going at it. And so here you have the Azov Brigade, which identifies as Teutonic, Germanic people, and the Slovaks, the Russians and Belarus and uh a lot of the countries in Eastern Europe, they identify as Slovakians. Now, the, the Poles, they don't want to be in that camp anymore. And uh, Czechos, the Czechs and the Slovakians and, and a whole bunch of other countries, they're all part of NATO now. They're all part of NATO. Well, here's the thing that I'm hearing, and I even heard this on Fox News from one of the uh, reporters that they said that, well, we have the Monroe Doctrine, so why shouldn't the Russians be allowed to have their own Monroe Doctrine? We, you don't know what the Monroe Doctrine is if you're quoting it and, you don't, and, and you're not putting it into context. The Monroe Doctrine, Joe, said that foreign European countries cannot come and colonize North America, South America. We'll stop it. Of course, we didn't have the power to do it. Basically, the, the British were stopping everybody and the... Uh, and a bigger part of the 19th century when the Monroe Doctrine was first formulated. That, that was President Monroe. That was in like 1820. So there was about 60, 70 years where we didn't even have the, the ships or the power to stop anybody from coming in. And as you know, uh, France invaded uh, Mexico and took that over for a number of years. Mexicans had to fight for their independence from France, just as they did from Spain and uh but we're not interested in colonizing Europe. We don't want to colonize anything. We're not, we're not colonial. We're not a colonial power. You know, Woodrow Wilson changed all that, the foreign policy of our country in the, in the uh, 1914 to 1920 era. He, he upended the whole uh, Teddy Roosevelt idea of uh, going around the world and, and imposing our will on people. Actually, Teddy didn't do that, but he made it sound like that. We got involved in the Spanish-American War, but the only property we held onto was Puerto Rico. Everybody, everybody else was left to be independent after they were freed from Spanish rule. So there's, there's a lot of misperception and misconceptions about who we are and what we are. And this idea that we're some kind of an evil empire who wants to colonize the world is just crazy. The last thing we want to do is colonize Europe. Well, what, what do we what do we want Russia for? I mean, we have plenty here, and we don't want to rule over another country. You know, it's a it's a big job going in and 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 uh, overseeing the rebuilding of a country like Japan or Germany after you uh, defeat them in war. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. The Marshall Plan after World War II cost the American public and today's dollars. 
hundreds of billions to rebuild Germany and, and Europe and Japan. And it's, that wasn't a bad thing. I mean, that was a good thing. We did the right thing. And, and we have an ally and a friend in Germany and in Japan now. But uh, still, it, it costs time and it costs money. We don't want to destroy Russia. That's not what we want. We want to make sure that Russia doesn't destroy everybody else. Russia would like to, at least Putin and his uh, inner circle, would like to reestablish the old Soviet Union. And uh, that included, uh, the, you know, the Warsaw Pact included Poland and Moldova and uh, Ukraine and Belarus and, and the Baltic states, Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania. Joe, this is, this is not a good thing. You know, the, the Russians need to take care of themselves. I mean, they're, they, I don't know if you've ever been there. I, I, I went to St. Petersburg and we took a tour and part of the tour is you go outside the city to a little restaurant out in the country. I mean, once you get outside of the city limits, they don't even have paved roads. They're gravel roads. And then when, when you get to the turnoff to go to this little house and restaurant out in the quote, quote, suburbs, it's a dirt road. I mean, these people don't even have paved roads, for God's sakes. One of my friends who was an exchange student in the, in the uh, 60s, we were talking, and this was in the 1980s, or maybe it was in the 70s, but it was back in the, in the old Soviet era. He went to Russia, uh, to Moscow for a, a trip, and uh, we were talking about the threat of the, of the Soviet Union. He said, Bill, these people don't even have zippers. I'm not worried about them. They buttoned their pants up. This was in the 1970s, for God's sakes. They did not have zippers. This is now the, what, 11th or 12th biggest economy in the world. I mean, India is 10 times the size of the Russian economy. Uh, they're, I mean, they're, what they need, they don't need to, to worry about us conquering them. They need to worry about us not helping them out financially. That's what they need to worry about. <clears throat> but I saw one video clip and uh, it was a Russian woman and, she was thanking us for uh, taking out all of the junk food, Coca-Cola and uh, McDonald's and Kentucky Fried Chicken, because we're going to make them healthier. <laughs> and she said, in return, we're cutting off your gas so that you walk and ride bicycles because we want you to be healthy, too. And that's friendship. So something good might come out of this yet. <laughs> well, that's one way to look at it. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. But what about chemical weapons? You know, there's a whole host of them that are <clears throat> dangerous and egregious. And, and the world has used chemical weapons off and on for millennia. But uh, we've been able to develop some really toxic uh, uh, substances. You know, we've, we've got, of course, rice, and you can make that in your, uh, in your home from castor beans. If you want to get somebody you don't like, you can use that. And there's no antidote for that, by the way. That's not a very nice one. Abrin, Brevitoxin, Colchicine, Digoxin, those are biologics. Uh, then there's the blistering agents like mustard gas and sulfur mustard. Uh, Lewisite is another agent that can make your skin blister, but it, you can also get it inside of you, and it's got arsenic in it. So not only do you get the full effects of the chlorine on your lungs, but you also absorb the arsenic, and then you've got heavy metal poisoning. And then phosgene, these are some of the things that we have to think about. Uh, <clears throat> blood agents, 
carbon monoxide, cyanide, potassium cyanide, all kinds of cyanide compounds. Uh, these things, and remember the, the Germans used cyanide to mass murder the Jews. Remember that? They would, they would uh, put the Jews in these rooms. They said, here, you're going in for a shower. And instead of water coming out, uh, cyanide components would come out and that would kill them. And then, <clears throat> then they'd empty the room of the gas and go in and clear out all the dead bodies. How can you do that to people? Yeah, pretty, I mean, pretty morbid to consider. I, you know, I just, I, I, I don't understand the, uh, the thought process that says you were so inferior and subhuman that we have to kill you to get you out of our society. Uh, you know, it's like killing your spouse when, when you don't want to be married. Why don't you just get a divorce? <laughs> you know, it's, well, I guess they did a pretty good job of conditioning the uh, German people into, you know, believing the propaganda and that these really and, and after, you know, enough of that, after enough of that kind of layering on over a period of time, they actually believed that what they were doing was, you know, the, the noble thing, as crazy as that is. But if you have that same message layered on and then, you know, once you start doing it, then you have to kind of justify that you've been doing it. And then that causes you to think even less of these people, because if you're doing these things, it must be because they're terrible people. Right. I mean, that's the justification that you're making to yourself. So you're, you're right. It's, it's hideous to consider. And it's it's something that is very, very foreign to us, you know, in this you know age that we live in now. But for the people that were going through it at the time, and also to you know, part of it is too, is that a lot of these people um, were kind of faced with the choice of, well, you can either get behind the big power or not, and not getting behind the big power had its own consequences. I'm not justifying anything. I'm just saying there's a reason why uh, people can kind of go down this this road mentally and find themselves, you know, engaging in these horrifying practices that you wouldn't even think would be capable of being done just for humanity purposes. But people can condition them, condition themselves to it if, you know, ladled onto it over a long enough period of time. Quite very unfortunately. Mentality, Joe. You, you have, like one woman said who was interviewed uh, after the fall of Germany, and they were interviewing people saying, how did you get pulled into this whole Nazi fascist movement? And she said, we were hysterical with joy. I was screaming and cheering. I didn't even know what I was cheering for. I didn't know anything about Nazism or fascism. I was just, I was just happy that we thought we had our country back. So, so you get that mob mentality. But I'll, I'll say this for the uh, for the people in in Bavaria, they voted against the the, the fascists. They were the one state that that did not vote a fascist majority, and uh, <clears throat> heavily Catholic. And they actually hit a lot of Jews, and uh, a lot of the plots to kill Hitler came out of um, came out of Bavaria. Now, th that doesn't mean that they were completely innocent by any means. Uh, but you got to remember now, you know, the Jews were basically pacifists, and they weren't doing anything to to hurt Germany. They were a lot of the backbone of the industrial uh, uh, and intellectual and uh, healthcare and legal uh, complex of the country. Uh, and people say, well, didn't we do the same thing with American Indians? No, that's not true. You got to remember that American Indians were fighting against us from uh, the time of the uh, French and Indian War in the 1750s, all the way through our own uh, Revolutionary War, and then into the West. Uh, and there was a lot of animosity that had been engendered between the 
European settlers and the North American natives or whatever you want to call them. Basically, they were Koreans that wandered over when the land bridge was in place 10, 20,000 years ago. So there's a big difference between taking your own population. Jews were, were German citizens. Uh, Jews were Polish citizens. They were Russian citizens. And they were helping the war efforts. They fought in World War One, And many of them were, would have been happy to fight in World War II. Uh, but except for this insanity of racism and hatred that uh, a small group of, of very uh, sociopathic but bright individuals like Hitler and Goering and uh, Goebbels and Himmler, and these guys were pretty smart. You know, their IQs were 125 to 135. Most of them were educated men, but they came out of an era of... Uh, physical abuse by their parents, of uh, uh, belief that the World War I was lost in part because of the Jews. Well, all this has been going on for centuries, you know, this anti-Semitism. And, uh, you know, what's in, I think is really fascinating is that Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, he's Jewish. He's a Russian Jew. So who knows? These things get 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 a life of their own, and, and it doesn't make any sense what what happens, but, uh, and we know the Russians like to fight. They like to fight. And so how do we stop that? I don't know, Joe. I don't know. <clears throat> but if they use chemical weapons, what will our response be? Well, it's, you know, here's, here's an interesting thing to ponder because they've used chemical weapons. I don't know if you remember, um, this is now, I, w- I want to say circa 2002, but there was a... There was a terrorist incident in Beslan in a theater. They had taken it over, and they were holding a bunch of hostages. And this went on for a while. This was a big, you know, international story, the people following it. And eventually, the way that they solved it, quote-unquote, is they just gassed the whole thing. You know, they, they, took, they took out the, the terrorists and the hostages. They, but they used, what they did is they used a short-acting nerve gas. <coughs> Excuse me. And what... What the, the mistake that they made is that when they pulled the survivors out, uh, because they got in and killed all the terrorists, when they pulled the survivors out of the theater, they laid them on their back. And so they all aspirated as they woke up. If they had just rolled them on their side, uh, almost all of them would have survived. But they didn't know what to do. You know, they were just yeah. rescue workers. And, uh, and, and, you know, this is an undereducated population uh, at that time on a number of uh, of items, but now speaking of nerve gases, we've got sarin and soman and tabin, and these are organophosphates. See, you probably don't remember this because you're too young; you're a baby. But uh, <laughs> we used uh, organophosphates as insecticides. That was pretty much uh, banned after 2000 in the house, in the home, and after 2003 oh. in the fields. Uh, although there is still some limited uh, uh, agricultural use of these agents and. Uh, organophosphates are are poisons that uh, affect your parasympathetic nervous system. They they block the the uh, transmission of of impulses from one nerve to another by interfering with the with the uh, neurotransmitter called acetylcholine. So you have two two big sides to your nervous system. You have the uh, the the sensory and and uh, you know the conscious side and then the autonomic side. 
the conscious side is is that we know what we're doing and we tell our hands to pick up the coffee cup and that sort of thing. The autonomic nervous system works without our knowledge, without any conscious awareness of it. Uh, <clears throat> so that's things like adrenaline, noradrenaline, uh, uh, acetylcholine. So it's it's like uh, sleeping and waking. You don't know you're waking up. Your body just wakes up. The autonomic nervous system decides you've slept long enough and it gets you up. Or your heart starts pounding when you see, uh, you know, a, a really exciting movie and, and you're not thinking heart go faster. That's adrenaline coming out because your uh, emotions of, of anxiety and fear, if it's a horror movie or uh, if it's, uh, you know, a, a military movie, you kick out adrenaline and you don't even know it. That's not something you have control over. So this, the, the autonomic nervous system is then divided into the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. The sympathetic is the adrenaline-like stuff that revs you up, gets your heart beating faster, gets your muscles uh, filled up with blood, gets you ready to run. That fight-or-flight reaction, as we call it in medicine, where you are scared, and so you either are going to fight back or you're going to run. Women are a little different. They'll, they'll more likely, if they have that reaction, they're more likely to crouch down and hide. <clears throat> and that's probably uh, goes way back to when uh, we were coming out of the, out of the uh, savannas and running was uh, not a good thing if you were a woman because the men were faster and they'd catch you. Uh, but uh, so we have that. And so the parasympathetic, we have this, this, uh, acetylcholine and if you block that then you 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 have a very serious situation if it's a large enough quantity uh, we have an acronym called sludge which is salivation you salivate from your mouth lacrimation your your eyes tear uh, urination you have an, an incontinence uh, defecation you're pooping uh, and you can't help it uh, you've got gastrointestinal symptoms and uh, cramping, and you also throw up, and it also paralyzes your muscles. So your 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 skeletal muscles are not working. Now we do have antidotes for that. <clears throat> Short acting is atropine, which is an old time drug that we've been using in in medicine and cardiology for decades. And then we also have PAM, which is a longer acting. Uh, the at atropine will just temporarily stop the uh, symptoms. And you just have to keep giving that until the the uh, organophosphates wear off. But the PAM actually reverses it, and that's another agent that we use, and we have that in the emergency room because we still have occasional um, agricultural and industrial uh, poisonings from that. So speaking of that, I need a little bit more caffeine to see if I can poison myself. So let's, uh, let's take a quick break, Joe. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. The U.S. Navy is rushing to field its first hypersonic weapon in a race with Russia and China to develop the new class of weapons. The Navy could be installing it on a warship starting as soon as late next year. Hypersonic weapons travel at speeds akin to ballistic missiles but are difficult to shoot down because of their maneuverability. The Russian military claimed yesterday to have used one against a target in Ukraine. Saudi-run state media says Yemen's Houthi rebels have unleashed a barrage of drones and missile strikes on Saudi Arabia today that targeted a liquefied natural gas plant, a water desalination plant, an oil facility, 
at a power station. Nobody was hurt. And a car is slammed at high speed into Carnival Revelers in a small town in southern Belgium today, killing six people, leaving ten more badly injured. Terrorism is not expected. This is SRN News. If you Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket costs a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. Before Bamboo HR, <laughs> I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had paper stack. It was all in spreadsheets and like folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the bamboo like onboarding checklist, I mean, <laughs> it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm like totally set free to focus on the people, to focus on development, to focus on team dynamics. It's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting with people people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com slash HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. Paid for by Freedom Law School. Mark your calendars for the first weekend of April in Brandon, Florida. The biggest rally of 2022. Stand up to tyranny. Stand up to mandates. Featuring the biggest names in MAGA. Brandon, Florida. Purchase tickets at letsgobrandonrally.org. When it comes to servicing your vehicle, Moss Nissan is simply the best around. You should be able to have your vehicle serviced according to your schedule. So we offer extended service hours and pickup and drop-off services. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. AM860, The Answer. Online at theanswertampa.com. Odyssey. 
Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Partly sunny, humid for today, high 85. Tonight, clear to partly cloudy, low 70. Tomorrow, sunshine and some clouds, a high 83, low 68. Clouds and sunshine, less humid Sunday, the high 80. And partly sunny for Monday, high 84. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Andy Robb for AM860. The answer. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Got Joe with me today. Ken's wife is uh, is under the weather, so he's helping her out. <clears throat> and uh, if you're watching the streaming on uh, YouTube or Facebook, uh, I put up a picture of some uh, uh, shells that have chemical weapons in it. I think it's uh, mustard gas that we had stored out in Arizona or somewhere. I don't know if we still have those. You know, getting rid of all this stuff is not easy, Joe. It takes takes time and effort and uh, infrastructure to do it. And so, uh, but at any rate, that's another story. So we've talked a little bit about that and a little bit about nuclear fallout. And will we survive a nuclear attack? I think so. I mean, unless you're in the blast zone, uh, especially if it's a hydrogen bomb, you you, you should be able to survive it. You just got to get away from it uh, as fast as you can and uh, wash off and take the, the appropriate precautions. And we'll tell you all about that. If it happens, Dr. Bill will be here with you. I don't think it'll happen. We talked about the Monroe Doctrine and how it applies here. And this doesn't really have anything to do with whether or not we intervene in, in wars in Europe. We are not interested in colonizing the world. We're interested in making the world safe for uh, democracy and especially for our style of democracy. So that's important. And then we talked a little about the uh, uh, Maripol battle and the Azov Brigade, <clears throat> the battalion that is defending Maripol. And they're actually part of the Ukrainian army now. They were started as a paramilitary group and uh, were incorporated into the military by the Ukrainian parliament uh, after they became independent of the uh, Soviet Union and Warsaw Pact. <clears throat> so... And then we just heard that uh, the Russians claimed they used a hypersonic weapon in the Ukraine uh, on one of the towns. And I see where they're encircling uh, Kiev, and they think that when they get within about 15 miles, they'll be in firing range, and they'll have it completely encircled with their with their weapons. So I don't know uh, what's going to happen there. Uh, will they destroy us? I mean, will they destroy the Ukrainians? I don't know. I mean, why would they want to kill the whole Ukrainian population? Doesn't make any sense to me, Joe. I have no idea. But <clears throat> that's the way it is. So now we're back to the to the virus again, Joe. The the uh, the CDC and Fauci are warning that Americans could face another surge uh, as more variants come along and more lockdowns and spread of a new COVID variant. But uh, I got to tell you, the fourth shot now is recommended. And there was a study that just came out last week that showed the effectiveness of uh, three and then four. And if you've had at least three doses, uh, you're not likely to end up in the hospital or very sick with the Omicron or the Delta or any other of the uh, variants so far that we've identified. The BA2, we're still looking at that. Uh, however, the fourth dose is recommended, especially for people who are at high risk. Uh, I would say four to six months after your third dose. And we've got that in the office. So you can come in 
384-6411. And, and uh, this article was uh, in the New England Journal just a couple of days ago. The efficacy of a fourth dose of COVID-19, the messenger RNA vaccine against the Omicron. The people who had a fourth dose, even if they got the Omicron, they were basically asymptomatic, asymptomatic. So uh, it, it really does work. And, and I can only uh, encourage everybody to to be uh, vigilant and to take care of themselves. And I'm still meeting people who think that this is some kind of a plot or it's going to alter their genetics or interfere with the birth of their babies and all this kind of nonsense. And there's just no evidence of that. This this mRNA vaccine that uh, Pfizer and uh, and Moderna have uh, produced, uh, they're, they're miraculous. It's just miraculous, especially for an old goat like me, Joe. So we don't want me to die, do we? Well, you're fairly miraculous in your own right. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I rode my bike from home to work. So it was from Gulfport up to uh, 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. And then I rode back home yesterday again because I didn't have my car. So I only had one vehicle, and that was my bicycle. So I did 10 miles yesterday. That's not bad. 10 miles. That's that's exactly 10 more than I did. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but you, you run around the uh, studio and, and the station, and you – I mean, you do more work. You burn up more calories in an hour than I do in a day. There is that. There is that. There's plenty enough to go around, that's for sure. And I'll never forget when uh, which hurricane was it that came through, and I dropped out of the station and I did some live stuff with uh, <clears throat> with some of the guys, and then you and I were putting up uh, plywood across the, the glass out front. Do you remember that? Now, I have, to, I have to clarify a couple of things about this. First of all, we're talking about Hurricane Irma, right? So that was the... You know, that that was the big storm that was, you know, I mean, look, we, we here in Florida, we're often inundated with, you know, this storm is going to, you know, destroy your entire, you know, community. And then most of them don't. Irma was actually pretty serious. So to your point, we had to, you know, we, we took precautions here. We boarded up the studio and you need to know that this man, Dr. Bill came and you weren't, we weren't recording anything. You just showed up. You just showed up here at the radio station saying, hey, can I help? And it's important to point out here that you had just had throat surgery like a week or so earlier, and you were in a position where you couldn't move your head up or else you could rip the stitches out. And yet there you were helping me put these boards up on the side of the building. It was one of the, uh, I, I, I don't know if this is a, a appropriate PC term, but still manliest things that I've ever saw because it was, it was here is somebody that's got a legitimate health reason and yet without even being prompted comes to the studio to help. I never forgot that. I never will forget that. That was super duper cool. <laughs> you know, I'd forgotten that I'd had surgery a week before. <laughs> yeah, you had the, you still had the, the, the neck all wrapped up and everything. I'm like, Doc, are you okay? Oh, I'm okay. I just can't look up and I'll be fine. And yet we're putting these boards up on the wall. Hey, we did it, though. We that's got right. And we, remember, we were running around looking for materials and equipment and another drill. And, uh, oh, my gosh, it was it was something. Uh, if you've never been to a radio station, you think it's a highly organized, uh, well laid out situation. And the studios, for for the most part, are. But everything else, I mean, oh, my God, there's it's like my workshop. There's bins with 
with nails and screws and uh, drawers with tools and uh, I mean and we're and of course nothing's labeled properly because you're on the fly so you're moving fast and you, you you use a drill and you put it in another drawer and you forget and so then we're opening things up and going through everything I've, but it was a lot of fun actually I enjoy that sort of thing I, Keeps me busy. It all Keeps worked me- out. It all worked out. And, you know, we, we we didn't suffer any damage and we exercised safety and all that stuff. But you're right. You know, we, we for what we do on a regular basis, we have everything nice and organized and it's in place. But when you get into a position where, okay, now all of a sudden we have to become builders. Yeah, we have the stuff, but it may not necessarily be in the most organized place. So, you know, it all it all worked out. And like you say, it, it ultimately um, wasn't the, the worst time in the world when we were getting all that done. And the most important thing is that... We all made it through, and everything was cool. Yes, it it was cool, and you know we uh, we did a, a lot of good there, and we were on the radio. And it, I guess we're a, a hurricane hole here in the Tampa Bay area because that stupid storm it went around Tampa Bay. It yep. went inland, went around Tampa Bay, and then came back out north of us into the into the Caribbean. I mean, into the Gulf of Mexico. Can you believe that? How many times does that happen? How lucky are we that we didn't get whacked? Yep, there was a couple of, you know, uh, billboards that got wrecked and, you know, some some business signs, but otherwise, yeah, it uh it it really went all the way around us and it was that was in particular a, 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 a that that was a uniquely, you know, people that that aren't from Florida and, and don't really know anything about this area, they oftentimes they're not shy about offering their opinions about, you know, the type of people and and the, the type of place that this is. But that whole experience was really eye-opening to me from the standpoint of you got people from everywhere in the world that live here. Yet when that was going on, it was more neighborly than any experience that I had ever been through. People were helping each other. That pe- The people were helping people they didn't know. People were um, going out of their way, taking their own time to assist, you know, elderly. And, so, and I have to, you know, we, it, oftentimes we are critical of, you know, the government for a variety of very um, good reasons. But I will say that I had the opportunity to go to the um, emergency operations center a couple months after, and maybe it was only a month after that it all went down. And you don't realize this necessarily if you're not in it, but I got to tell you, there was some seriously heroic work done by the people that worked in the at the county level and the state level to transport people to the shelters to make sure that they you know had all the supplies that they need and this was something that because since the entire state was basically um you know on watch you know one of the points they made is that if you're in a given county let's say you're in hillsborough county and need supplies well you may be able to go to pasco county and say hey can you guys help us out with something or go to hernando or whatever well every county (laughs) you know was completely uh, maxed out so it, there was a lot of really, really fine public service work that was done during that that a lot of people don't realize. But you know, kudos to because I mean they they ended up transporting. I forget the number. It was it was way over a hundred thousand people from you know where they were to where they could be safe. And uh, you know, hats off to them. It was and yeah, like you say, it ultimately ended up we we were okay. Uh, and it also probably, cause you know, we're going to be coming up on hurricane season here. It's, you know, every year it's a, it's a scheduled event. Um, and I'll just say this. If, if you get the sense that a hurricane's coming and you want to leave, 
the time to do it is basically like the moment that you hear that something is forming off the coast. Because once you get into the cycle, leaving is not really an option. There were a lot of people that ended up riding out that storm on the freeway because they decided to leave too late. And then they had a hard time getting back. I knew somebody that was stuck in Georgia for about a week afterwards because there wasn't gas to get back to Florida. Um, uh, you know, one of my friends took off for, for Atlanta, and uh, he he didn't get to, to Atlanta until the storm had already passed. Yep. It was like a 24-hour drive. The other, the other people that we have to thank are the, uh, uh, the uh, power companies. I mean, power trucks from all over the United States were in our area, and they do that with every big storm and disaster. They come from all over the country because our power company can't handle all of the downed lines and all of the uh, 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 transformers that have blown up. And one of the, uh, the next to my office, there's a, a, a big Duke Energy uh, office building and substation, and that's where the, the, the guys sit at the computer, and they control the, uh, the shifting of of power from one grid to another for the whole state of Florida for Duke. And so some of the guys that worked there, uh, when they when Duke took over and they started hiring, they didn't have anywhere to stay. So I had some empty space in my office building, and I said, yeah, you know, you're sure you can stay here. And so I rented them some space. And uh, one of the guys who uh, whose mother also rents from me, he was working. And I said, uh, how bad was it? He said, Doc, we have 10 major lines coming into Pinellas County, major electrical lines from, you know, the plants up north and wherever else they are uh, from the power plants. He said eight of the 10 major trunk lines were down. We were down to two lines wow. in Pinellas County. So, I mean, we could have been without electricity for days or even weeks with a, just a little bit more storm. And and these guys, they work like crazy to get these lines back up and uh, – you know, it's dangerous work, too. And, and I think that it's a really good point that, you know, you just you talked a little bit earlier about Russia where you get outside of the major city and it's basically gravel roads and hovels and that's that's what they're still living through. Well, I think we take for granted that we do have this very complex infrastructure and people that are willing to come to the rescue whenever something like that happens, not just in Florida, but, I mean, all around the country. You have people that kind of deploy on the scene and do things like restore power lines or restore, you know, roadways, bridges, and so forth. That, you know, whatever it is that happens that needs to be repaired, we're, we're, we're pretty blessed and fortunate in America that we do have people and an infrastructure and a network that will come to the aid and assist whenever, whenever one of us has a need. Whenever, and when I say one of us, I mean a state or a city or something. Um, we do tend to descend on it from the rest of the of the country to help out, and and that's a pretty special thing. Well, more importantly than that, because most societies people help each other, but we have so much uh, ability. I mean, you know, that's really you, what I mean. You, you 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 go down to Puerto Rico after one of the storms, and there's power trucks. There's uh, power companies with their trucks down there from Minnesota. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And uh, so you got to get them over there, of course, on a on a boat or a ferry. I mean, it, we we just have we have so much ability, and uh, it, we're so blessed. Uh, anybody who says that we're we're a bad nation is just way off. And, and look at the amount of of assistance we're sending into Poland uh, to help out the Ukrainian refugees, and look at the assistance we're sending in in terms of of military equipment and and. Uh, shields and, and vest and 
anti-tank and anti-air uh, defenses. Uh, I mean, we're, we're doing a lot. I think we should do more, but we certainly are doing a lot, and we do a lot around the world for everybody. And as I've said before, everywhere I go in the world, people are so grateful, and they all want to speak English, and they all want to... Uh, they ought to make sure that America is still involved all around the world, Joe, everywhere, everywhere we go. Uh, it's even in China. You know, it just amazes me how well we are thought of and how well respected we are throughout most of the world. Yeah, we have our problems, we have our challenges, but we also have our strengths. And, you know, the world counts on us to to uh, to keep things in order and, and not to let uh, thugs like like Putin and his gang run over Eastern Europe again. I mean, this is this is part of what we are supposed to do as the big uh, free power on the block. That's part of what we do. And uh, I don't know how to get that through to people. And people say, some people say, well, it's none of our business. Let's not get involved in this war in the Ukraine. <laughs> this is how World War One and World War Two started. We wouldn't get involved until late. You got to come in early. You got to punch the bully in the nose. You got to tell him, no, you can't do that. Go back home to mommy. And, uh, you know, a small economy and a, a second class military like like Russia, it, it really, unless they used nuclears and, and weapons of mass destruction, it really wouldn't be a fight. We'd push them off the field pretty quickly. Yeah, and and, and, a, and, a, and a power like that, they're either they're going to go either until they win or they lose. Like they're yeah. not. They're not just going to stop. Is the point? No, stop. No, they're not going to stop. And th th that's the unfortunate part of it. And uh, you know, it's like Hitler. He wouldn't let. He wouldn't let his troops retreat. He said, "You have to stay and fight." And so at Stalingrad, what a quarter million men were taken prisoner, and I think maybe five thousand got back home after World War Two. So the the Russians marched them off and worked them to death. And in, in this in Siberia. Oh, well, what are you going to do? So, but, you know, you got to understand that there's, there's more to warfare than just people beating each other up. There's the long-term consequences of allowing uh, a thug, uh, uh, you know, a, a, an oligarchy like Russia to control parts of Europe again, after we uh, dismantled all that. I mean, that's why we fought the Cold War. So here we go again. Oh, my God, we got to go through this a whole nother time, Joe? This is ridiculous. Well, we're getting close to the end of the show here, so let me push the, the practice a little bit. We do have the uh, COVID vaccine, and we've got Pfizer and the Moderna, and we've also got the rapid PCR, and we've got the uh, rapid antigen test if you need a, uh, a, a COVID test, if you're going on a trip or you just want to know. Come on in, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. And, you know, Joe, we've got a full-service office, and we do telemed, too. So, I'm, 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 I'm a patient myself, so I fully endorse it. Well, thank God you're there, because without you, I'd be broke. I know. I know. I remind you of that every time I'm there, too. <laughs> so, so how much time we got left? You have got almost 20 big seconds. Make them count. Oh, my God. You know I love you guys so much. Doing this show is just so much fun. And, and Joe, I really appreciate you being here with me. And I miss Ken, but Joe is wonderful, too. And I am Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. I want you guys to come back next week. We'll get the mug giveaway going again. 
Joan, I forgot about that today. I am Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at cancareclinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.